Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Tonight on Huckabee, political analyst and author Carol Swain. In the kitchen with Miami chef Adrian Calvo. Spellbinding magic of Nick Comas. Romania's Got Talent winner, Laura Breton. That's Ray Corley in the Music City Connection. And I'm your announcer, Keith Bilbrey. show we got a great crowd I love it when these folks come as if they are on meth <laughs> they have been mething around I think when they just kidding they're a lively group and we love it and we love having you with us as well I want to begin tonight by uh, well just saying something that I learned from the vice president hello my name is Mike and I identify as a cisgender heterosexual white male which until a couple of years ago, I didn't realize I needed to explain. <laughs> and my pronouns are he, him, and ask me again and I'll split your face in four pieces. That's who I am. <laughs> gently, gently, of course. You know, I concluded that I needed to bring such clarity to my identity after watching the sitting vice president introduce herself. I am Kamala Harris. My pronouns are she and her. I am a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. Huh. <laughs> and by the way, I'm wearing a brown jacket, tan pants, and a fabulous blue tie. <laughs> now, I must admit that the sheer nonsense of simply identifying as something and pretending that declaring it was in fact wearing it that was something that I considered absurd until recently. I would hear about this biological male who was a mediocre college swimmer. He put on a women's bathing suit and suddenly he became a world-class champion women's swimmer. <laughs> and then there was the male inmate in a New Jersey prison who decided that he really was a woman. Although he really wasn't, but he demanded to be placed in the women's prison moved from the men's prison. And the geniuses who run the New Jersey prison said, well, sure, if you say you're a woman, that's good enough for us. <laughs> and they transferred the son of a gun, this newly minted woman, complete with all his still very male equipment, to the women's prison. <laughs> and lo and behold, he achieved biological and scientific breakthroughs because in his new identity as a woman, she impregnated two real female inmates. <laughs> I mean, who could have ever seen that coming, huh? 
Maybe instead of fighting this insanity and calling it out as nutty as a payday candy bar, I ought to just go with it and get with the program. Oh, sure, I've said that if someone had told me and my classmates back in high school that all we had to do was tell the coach after gym class that we were feeling kind of feminine <laughs> and we probably needed to shower with the girls. <laughs> Folks, if we could have done that, I promise you every guy in my high school would have been girls for at least part of the day. <laughs> Next time... Next time I need a good parking place, I'm just going to identify as a disabled person and use the parking space for handicapped people. And if I need a contract that gives preference to a racial minority, I got it figured out. I'll identify as a person of color, any color. I might even identify as a multicolored, like, you know, a rainbow person. <laughs> that ought to up my chances of getting the contract, right? I've told my wife next time she sees a long line of women waiting to get in the ladies' room while there is no line for the men's restroom, all she's got to do is just declare herself a man and walk right in there. There you go. <laughs> I'm wondering how far maybe I can go in this new identity business. If I'm really hungry, can I identify as a starving person and get my food first at McDonald's no matter how many people are in front of me? And can I identify as a billionaire? I just help myself to a private Falcon jet and fly where I need to go. Maybe I can identify as a really skinny person and start wearing a size 28 belt. <laughs> Audience thought that was funnier than I did. I really... <laughs> mean bunch of people out here is what we got. And why can't I just identify as a five-year-old kid and get in the movies for free if accompanied by an adult? So maybe I'm the one who's been all wrong about a name-it-and-claim-it gender identity. Instead of saying that it's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs crazy, maybe I ought to just take full advantage of the new world order and start enjoying living the dream of merely dreaming my life. I just wish I'd known about this when I was six years old. Because instead of just pretending to be an astronaut, a policeman, a doctor, or a circus performer, I really could have been all those things and more. So, if you aren't satisfied with the way God made you, just make it up as you go. It is the happening thing, that's for sure. Well, Carol Swaim has a resume that is about a mile long. She holds five degrees, including a PhD. She was a tenured professor at Princeton and Vanderbilt University, two of the most prestigious universities in the country. And she's a distinguished senior fellow at the Texas Public Policy Foundation. She's also a fierce critic of a dangerous and divisive ideology known as critical race theory in higher education. And it's been trickling down to the high schools and elementary schools. Yeah, even the ones that your kids and your grandkids go to. You may not realize it. So please welcome back to the show, Dr. Carol Swain.
Well, we're so glad having you back. And all these folks are going to be starting school pretty soon. Do they need to be worried? Well, they know to be worried. Good. So what, what, what do you tell them? Well, I can uh, tell you that I'm very proud of America's parents. And they have been fighting, you know, at least for the last year, the battle against CRT. But the parents are also fighting against other dangerous theories that are impacting the schools. And uh, these theories are related to uh, Marxism. And so you have, um, you know, critical queer theory, you have feminist theories. uh, And these things are not being presented to our children in the university uh, uh, format, but people who are steeped in these theories have published books and articles that uh, are being given to children as young as first grade. So what is a parent to look for? Because if they're not saying, oh, this is critical race theory that they're being taught, because they're not gonna be that stupid to just blatantly say it, what will they be doing? How will they be marketing and packaging this that parents need to be aware of? Well, first of all, um, with critical race theory, and you had that book there, Blackout for America, I talked about it in a previous show, is that um, the theories that teach that racism, you know, is in the DNA of America and that all white people are oppressors, all minorities are victims. And many states, 36 states, have passed laws prohibiting the teaching of critical race theory or critical theories uh, any uh, theories that, say, that argue that one race is inher- inherently inferior or, that, um, or superior to another race or that one sex is superior to another sex and uh, just various things that Christianity, one religion is evil, uh, those types of things are prohibited, but they're still getting into the classroom. And what I really wanted to talk about tonight is Social-emotional learning. Social-emotional learning. And that is something that in those states where they have prohibited the teaching of CRT and some of the other critical theories, they still um, had these social-emotional learning programs, and they are a backdoor way for them to do things that are harmful to our children. So they're still pushing uh, the racial uh, agenda that divides Americans, but they also have books that have pornography, that that we would consider pornography. They have books that uh, have suicide ideations. And so just things that- uh, But not the Bible. We couldn't dare let that creep in and (laughs) warp these little darlings. Well, I'm telling you, with social emotional learning, they're supposed to be helping children to be able to adopt to society and to handle, you know, uh, challenges. But what we have is a 300% increase in suicides among children that are 10 to 12. And I believe that that is being fueled by the fact that the books, the articles, the videos, the teaching materials in the social emotional learning programs, that these have ideas that are very dangerous. And a lot of parents are on to this, groups like Moms for Liberty, Mm -hmm. Moms for America, uh, they have been pointing out uh, the dangers that come from those types of materials. Dr. Swain, where did this come from? Social, emotional learning. I, I'm not that familiar. I haven't heard a lot about it. So where did it come from and how do parents 
even spot it if their kids bring home a book and it's all in there? Because they're probably not going to say those three words, per se. No, I mean, the social-emotional learning programs are generally uh, accepted. They're being pushed. And if you were to Google social-emotional learning, you would just get positive articles about it. And so it's a way that people who have a radical agenda are able to keep doing what they're doing, even in those states where legislation has been passed. And so for the fall, I think the, the parents who are organized, who have been fighting the CRT battle, they have been fighting, you know, the sexualization of their children, uh, if they're not aware that the social-emotional learning programs are part of the problem, and I think many of them are, then they need to really get up to speed on that. And we need our legislators to make sure that the prohibited concepts, the ones where they uh, divide Americans along racial and ethnic lines, along gender lines, that they are not appearing in the classroom through the teaching materials, through the books, and uh, under the umbrella of social-emotional learning. I think it's so very important that you are one of the voices speaking out and leading on this. You grew up poor. I Obviously, you're African-American. <laughs> uh, you, it would be real easy for you to say, I'm a victim. I can't make it. They're, you know, the world's against me. You've got more education than 99.9% .9 of the American population, several PhDs. You've been to the finest schools in America and graduated from them with honors. You've taught at some of the most prestigious universities in this country. You don't go around saying, oh, I, I just barely made it. And I think no. it's a great example to say, you know what, America has been okay. Well, I can tell you that I uh, grew up at a time when we were all proud to be Americans. We knew that mm. we lived in the greatest country in the world. Yeah, we do. And I, and I believed in the American dream. I believed that if I worked hard and I got an education, it would make a difference. And as I've shared before, I did not plan to get five degrees. <laughs> like all I, I started off to get my first degree because I wanted a better job. Hmm. And when I applied for jobs, I was told, you know, that I needed a four-year degree. I made a decision to be an honest student. I, I purchased books and read books on how to make A's in college. I applied to principals and they worked. And, uh, and I had people steer me into academia. And many of my mentors, almost all of them, were white people that encouraged me to continue my education. So I don't have time for racial hostility, racial hatred. I was never treated. Well, it's one of the reasons I love being around you. You have such a great attitude. And I want us to talk more about not just critical race theory, but I want to talk about a brand new book that you've got coming out. We're going to keep you here if you will. And if you want to learn more about critical race theory and how it's totally ravaging our education system, Dr. Swain's book, Black Eye for America, has a lot more information. You can go to Huckabee.tv to find out more about the book and how to get it. But we've got more with Dr. Carol Swain. And when we come back, we'll talk about her latest book, Countercultural Living, what Jesus has to say about life, marriage, race, gender, and materialism. You better not go away. We'll be right back. Still to come, hilarious news stories on In Case You Missed It. And later, the amazing magic of Nick Comas. All tonight on Huckabee. Go to my 
MikeHuckabee.com and sign up for his free newsletter and follow at GovMikeHuckabee on Twitter. We're back with Dr. Carol Swain, and uh, we're so grateful she has uh, been willing to stick around, so we want to talk a little more. Um, I want you to discuss this new book. It's called How to Live Counterculturally. I find that challenging. It's the first time you've done a book that really is designed specifically for a Christian audience. You've done a lot of academic books and other things before. Why this book? Why now? Well, Renew.org is a Christian uh, organization uh, that's associated with the church, Harvard Christian Church in Nashville, and they're into discipleship. And this book is one of 12 books um, on how to be disciples of Christ. I am the only non-theologian who contributed to this <laughs> series. And I was um, told after I struggled, because I thought they wanted 10,000 words, <laughs> five chapters. Yeah. I write opinion pieces all the time. I thought it was going to be a piece of cake. It was one of the most difficult books I've ever written <laughs> because I had to uh, deal with these issues, these hard issues about life. And so when we talk about life, people think about abortion, but it's more than abortion. It has to do with euthanasia, uh, physician-assisted suicide, um, animal-human fusions where they you know, create living beings by fusing human cells with with uh, animals, all of these things uh, have to do with life. And the, this book, each chapter begins uh, with a question, like what is life? And it's answered with a scripture. And then I grapple with, with those complex issues and also share parts of my life. And so uh, I've shared many times publicly that in my early 20s, I had an abortion. That was when it first became legal and just uh, how that impacted me. Uh, we talk about, uh, there's a chapter on what is marriage. Uh, the Bible has a very clear definition. And since so many people are confused, I think I'm going to read uh, that if I have time. You mean there's confusion <laughs> in our culture today? Maybe just a little bit? Okay. The, the question, how should we view marriage? Marriage is a sacred covenant ordained by God for the permanent union of one man and one woman for purposes of mutual support, companionship, and propagation of humanity. And so the scripture is Matthew 19, 5, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. And so... Doesn't seem that controversial in many ways. No, but uh, it's, there are people that are so confused about that today. In one of the chapters, uh, uh, how should we view race and ethnicity? And I might say, you know, I've written a chapter on race. I am single. I have been divorced twice. I failed. Those marriages uh, took place at a time when I did not know God's way. And I think that had I known all the advice in the Bible about how to have a successful marriage, I would have had one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think your perspective, though, is one of the experience of having lived through some of these uh, cultural things that a lot of people now accept as normal. You would not call them normal or desirable. You would say those are things that happened prior to you experiencing God's grace. I didn't grace. get saved until I was in my 40s. Mm. That, you know, that's kind of late. So I have lived in the culture. And so I'm the perfect person to write a book about <laughs> countercultural living. 
And God's way is the best way. And all of these issues that we have today, some people think the Bible is ancient. It was written a long time ago. Uh, it has relevance to all the issues we face today. And so the, one of the big issues today, how should we view race and ethnicity? Well, God created one human race bearing his divine image from which emerged all the world's ethnicities and nationalities. Scripture, Acts 17, 26, from one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. And so God is into nations uh, and he created from one man all nationalities. And you look at creation like God loves variety. Hmm. Like we could say God loves diversity, but the right kind of diversity. And so everything has been corrupted by our current society. Well, I, one thing that has not been corrupted is your brilliant mind. And it's always a thrill to get a chance to visit with you. Uh, I hope people will get the new book as well as uh, Black Eye for America, because I, I think it's very important to have things that are academically solid. This is not just an opinion, but you've done your homework. Citations in here too, and it's short. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great thing. So I want our audience to be able to get Carol Swain's new book, Countercultural Living, what Jesus, not what I have to say, but what Jesus has to say about life, marriage, race, gender, and materialism. You can also read all of her columns and a whole lot more. We have the links for you. We make it easy because you don't have to take down a lot of stuff. Just go to Huckabee.tv and there will be a direct link to all of the materials that Dr. Carol Swain and I have been talking about. Now, you're not going to want to miss that. You're not going to want to miss what's coming up on the show. And we've hired Keith Bilbrey. We pay him really, really well so he can tell us what is coming up in the show tonight. Keith? Oh, I get paid for this? Wow. Get ready to laugh at the news on In Case You Missed It. And later, the cooking wizardry of Chef Adrian Calvo on Huckabee. We come back in with a little music of Aerosmith, Sweet Emotion. I'm having some sweet emotions tonight. Are you? Yeah, because of this phenomenal band we have. Give it up for Trey Corley and the Music City Connection. What a band. What a band. They're the best. Absolutely the best. Now, if your spidey senses are tingling, that's because we've got the news stories with legs, eight of them, <laughs> on In Case You Missed It. Well, every year, the Ulster County, New York Board of Elections holds an online contest to pick a new design for the I Voted stickers that they give out at the polls. You know, you get those when mm -hmm. you go vote. Yeah. Well, usually the contest only draws about 500 votes total. This year, a sticker designed by a 14-year-old young man, Hudson Rowan, got nearly 158,000 wow. votes. They did a little better. Now, I gotta warn you, in case you've got kids in the room, this thing is pretty creepy. <laughs> you may wanna cover their eyes. Here it is, here's his sticker. Oh! There it is, yeah. 
It is a mutant head on spider legs saying, I voted. <laughs> now, Whoa. if that creepy monster is a New York voter, now I understand how they ended up with Andrew Cuomo as governor up there. Wow. Yeah. Playing a lot. Mm. Playing a lot. Yeah, it, that was created by Hudson Rowan. But honestly, it looks like something that was hallucinated by Hunter Biden. <laughs> by the way, Hudson was surprised that so many people liked it. But someone tweeted that this exactly how voters feel about politics right now. Yeah. I think he's right. Oh, sure, this could all give you nightmares. But then so could some of the people who get elected. <laughs> now, I was just wondering, is, you think the spider's venomous or... Yes, absolutely, <laughs> Venomous. We saw the picture of That's it. Right. There you go. If you've been watching the show for any amount of time, and I sure hope you have, you'll know that weird ice creams are nothing new. And at McDonald's, all throughout Asia, the competition for weirdest ice cream is really heating up. Yep, in China, they're now offering a spicy chili oil sundae. And a cilantro sundae. Oh. Oh, no, thanks. Does that just mm. really tickle your taste buds? Uh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Anyway, McDonald's Malaysia, they've got a sea salt sundae, which is not too weird. Yeah, I can handle it. Yeah. But, Keith, here's one for you. In Thailand, Thailand McDonald's offered an ice cream sundae with chili paste and pork mm. Ooh. on the ice cream sundae. It was a limited-time ice cream. Thank goodness. <laughs> well, I think it means that if you eat too much of it, you'll have a limited time on Earth, is what that means. Because <laughs> after you eat all these ice creams and fall asleep, here's what you're going to see in your dreams right here. That's what you're going to see. And that's scary. I like it, yeah. Yeah. Well, I've stayed at plenty of bad hotels over the years, but... Swiss conceptual artists, the Rickland brothers created a zero star, a zero star hotel room, and they did it on purpose. It's a bed and two nightstands <laughs> on an open platform by a busy highway next to a gas station. <laughs> there are no walls, no ceiling, no doors, no privacy, no shelter. And they don't even leave the lights on for you. Like oh, Tom wow. <laughs> Now, the creators say the point is not to sleep. It's to make you lay awake all night reflecting on the state of the world, like climate change and war. I mean, isn't it depressing enough that you'd be staring at the gas station prices already? <laughs> Smelling fumes? Yeah. I mean, if I want to be too disturbed to sleep while I'm in a hotel room, I'll just turn on CNN. <laughs> <laughs> Or I always, I can watch this. Take a look. There. <laughs> Finally, for our video of the week, we've got a real scoop. Don't ask me how, but I've been told that we've obtained video from the future. This video shows Nancy Pelosi in the future reacting to the news that Donald Trump is running for president again. Here it is. Okay, maybe that really wasn't Nancy Pelosi reacting to Trump. Might have been an overexcited baby emu. Could, Could be. be. Yeah. Hard to tell the difference. <laughs> but just be glad I didn't show you this. All right, there you go. All right, now before I give you any more nightmares, let's end right there. But until next time.
Always remember, we read the news. Well, next, grab your pet pots and pans because Chef Adrian Calvo is going to show us how to celebrate National Lasagna Day right here on Huckabee. And welcome back. Adrian Calvo is an award-winning chef, restaurateur, cookbook author, and host of Searching for Maximum Flavor. I love that phrase, <laughs> maximum flavor. And that's her YouTube channel. She is also, this is pretty cool, the youngest chef ever to cook for the United Nations, which makes her the perfect choice to teach us a little bit about National Lasagna Day. <laughs> Who knew there was such a thing? Please welcome Chef Adrian Calvo. Adrian, great to have you here. Oh, goodness, it is such an honor to be here. Well, and I'm, I heard you love lasagna. I do love lasagna. Uh, of course, I love a lot of other stuff too, but I really am a fanatic about lasagna when it's done well, and I believe you probably have a great recipe. Well, I'm gonna show you how to make it maximum flavor style. And I love it, maximum flavor. I mean, don't yeah. we want all of our recipes to have maximum flavor? Right, well, I'm allergic to boring, and after seeing your intro, <laughs> you're allergic to boring. <laughs> all right. That's for sure. You're, so let's figure yeah. this out. What are we gonna do? Well, we're doing a turkey lasagna because everybody nowadays, it's they're more health conscious, right? Yeah. So we're gonna swap us. out we're the red meat for turkey. Absolutely. <laughs> So it's easy. You're going to actually make the ricotta filling for me, which is going to be hmm. part of our layering process okay. here. Okay, all right. Okay, so here we actually have our ground turkey. Now, Already you can brown. do ground chicken also, or you can stick to the ground beef if you really yeah. don't want to swap anything out. This browns up for seven to eight minutes. All right. Meanwhile, I have ricotta here. Mm -hmm. We're going to mix the ricotta here in this bowl, Just please. Just dump it in here, right? Dump it in there, please. Okay. Wait, yes, with the spoon. With a spoon. <laughs> With a spoon, please. I would have gotten to that at some point, I'm sure. <laughs> All right. And in here goes Parmesan cheese. Uh, we're already doing well. We got two different kinds of cheeses. Yes. And now we're going to, this is going to emulsify everything. It is a whole egg. A whole okay. egg. That Mash goes in that there. all in there together. Fresh parsley. Thank you, chickens, for providing that for us. That's perfect. Mm -hmm. So in here, next to my ground beef, I'm going to add onion and garlic that's been sauteed for a few minutes mm. until translucent, okay? Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna reach over you if you don't mind here. Go right ahead. I'm gonna try to get the tomato paste As long as you don't reach over me once we start eating the lasagna. No, that's, I won't do that. That's when you could get hurt. Okay, you go. really could. I, yeah, I'm gonna we try don't want not that. to get hurt. No. Okay, so I added in here. You Thank did a, that. that is a wonderful job, actually. Really, good. That is perfect. So I added tomato paste here. So we have ground turkey, okay. onions, garlic, tomato paste, uh, and in here goes crushed tomatoes, okay? All right. Okay, now you're done mixing there, so you're gonna mix this up now for me. Mix this one. Yes. Okay, different spoon, I different would say. Different spoon. This one? Yep. Okay. Perfect. All right, so yeah, you're that gonna get from the bottom. That actually looks really, really good, to be honest with you. <laughs> you know what I would use for the meat? What would you use? Seriously? I would use venison, because- You were telling me, yes. I, that's right, because I'm a deer hunter, and I fill my freezer with venison every year, and that's what we use at my house a lot. And it's very lean, it's very healthy, a great protein source. Lots of flavor there too. Oh yeah. I added crushed 
red pepper flake, and I'm going to add some salt right to this. Okay. And and the recipe tells us how much of these things, right? Exactly. Okay. And of course, like we were saying, maximum flavor. What spell. is that? Oregano. Oregano. Dried Aha. oregano goes in there, but taste is See, subjective. See, I did tell. Right? You can, yes. I mean, I, the aroma, though, right? Oh yeah, it smells mm. great. Yes. Looks so because good. taste is subjective, you can add a little bit more, a little bit less of anything that you'd like. Now, is this right. what you made for the UN? No, I didn't make this, but now oh. I'm going to take this away from you, <laughs> oh. if you don't mind. Yeah, no, actually, I did a five-course meal for them. Really? For the ambassadors. Yes, I was out of my mind, way too young to be doing that, but... How cool was that? <laughs> it was way cool. I mean, it what really an was. honor. Yes, it was an honor, like an yeah. honor to be right here. Wow. Yes. You know, just the thing to say. <laughs> yes, she does. I think Adrian could run for office. She's good, I'm telling you. <laughs> so right. you saw what I did here? I like to use ready oven, like lasagna I noodles. I thought those were napkins. <laughs> I did. Ready no. made. Yes, yeah, so this is as close to like actual natural pasta, like fresh pasta that you can get yeah. texture-wise. Okay. Not the, like the swiggly kind. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's... now I'm going to add your ricotta filling. So I'm going to dollop. Okay. About a spoonful on each mm -hmm. noodle because that's going to spread. Okay. Okay. And as it bakes, that's going to spread even more. I okay. bet so. How do All we right. put some more of these little dudes on there? Nope. Not yet. Nope. So fresh mozz. That goes down. That goes down. Mm. Okay. This now we're going to layer good. again with the sauce. Uh -huh. Do you see how it's not that complicated? Lots it of ingredients. Isn't. Yeah. Lots of flavor, but not complicated. Lots right? of flavor because I could smell it and the aroma was wonderful. Yes, so now here we go. Let's now we her. put them in there. Yes, ah. here we go. Here we go. Get those napkins all down in there. So we... <laughs> all the there napkins. We go. You moonlight as a comedian? <laughs> it goes all in right. like this. And, and we keep doing that. Until you run out of ingredients and then it goes into the oven and it's going to bake for just about 30 minutes or so. That's another wonderful thing about these That's oven ready. That's not too long. Not too long at all. Okay. And the finished product, because we're going to get to that, because we've got to try it. You have to try it. It's Chef, right there. Chef, we don't bring you here just to show it to us, but to feed it to us. So right. here we go, this hot dish, the I was finished smelling it version. backstage, and it was just beautiful. So I mean, shall I serve you? Please. He's Let's serving take me. a look. <laughs> Now, don't think that I'm not taking some Thank for myself. You. And I'll take general. that plate, so I'll have right, one. Here you go. Now, I put some torn basil right over mine for just mm -hmm. another layer of flavor. And then this would go into the oven just like this. Well, you eat the raw one. I'm going to take this <laughs> one that's already done. One. All right. Mmm. Oh, wow. Mmm. Mm. That is maximum flavor. Thank you. You did this wonderful. This is good. You know, yeah. it's simpler than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Right? How wonderful. A great recipe. Thank you. By Chef Calvo. Uh, Keith, we're going to be eating lasagna. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to be doing. Maybe you can tell viewers how they can get some of Chef Adrian Calvo's delicious food for themselves, including this fantastic recipe. <laughs> so you talk, I'll eat. Uh, enjoy yourself. Well, you can find links to her restaurants, recipes, her searching for the Maximum Flavor YouTube channel, and more at Huckabee.tv. Now, while we make this lasagna disappear, get ready for the astounding magic of Nick Comas and later the heavenly music of Laura Bouton.
All still ahead on Huckabee. shop.huckabee.tv and get your very own made in the USA Huckabee mugs, t-shirts, and more. I tell you, that, that lasagna was good, man. I'm sorry, Keith, you and Trey didn't get any of Hope that. Hope you enjoyed it, yeah. I enjoyed it. I plan to continue to enjoy it. I'm going to make that recipe. It was that good. It was absolutely delicious. I'm so glad there's such a thing as National Lasagna Day. <laughs> I'm gonna start looking at the calendar every week and find out what day is it that we need to bring a chef on here, and that was great. Well, whether performing sleight of hand or dangerous magic that has audiences on the edge of their seats, my next guest has amazed audiences all over America, from major corporate events all the way to Las Vegas. It is a real thrill for us to welcome to the show Nick Comas, give him a big hand, please. Hi, I'm Nick Comas, and I'm an illusionist, which means that sometimes I show you things that aren't real, but it's up to you to decide what's reality and what's an illusion. You know, Nick, I want you to tell us about, you do a lot of stuff called parlor tricks, right? Yes, yeah. What is that? So I do like an illusion show and it's called parlor tricks because it's kind of an uh, intimate situation. Uh -huh. it's, it's large enough where people can see it sitting back, but it's also intimate and close enough where you can actually see what's going on. So it's hmm. a good balance. So like real close work. By the way, you know what real magic would be? What would that? Getting me in that box. That would be, <laughs> that would be magic right there, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> we will need also some more help, so I'd like, to, uh, okay. I'd like to welcome Hallie back to the stage as well. Welcome back, Hallie. 
So you were asking before, what's what's parlor tricks? And yeah. um, it's kind of like this, like Hallie's going to step inside of here, but you're going to be close enough to touch the magic. A lot of times people think that the assistant might be a hologram, but she's not. Uh-huh. You're not, right? Um, Very real. Yes. <laughs> step on in, Hallie. Okay. Come around this way? Right here. Perfect. Oh, right here. Okay. Grab her hands. She's going to stick her hands up. All right. Those are a real person's hands. <laughs> You're not going to saw her in half or anything. No. She's just going to vanish little by little. I'd make a mess up here. We don't want that. Okay. Give her one break. Okay. Okay, grab her hands one last time. Okay. And let go. Okay. You did it. Where'd she go? Oh. Pretty amazing that Hallie, we you just disappeared in there. I did. That now I'm up here looking, and there's not enough room in there for you to disappear like that. Okay, I know you're small, but my gosh, you're not that small. I'm telling you right now, that's pretty amazing. All right. Well, Nick, I want to tell you how grateful we are to have you here, and we want to tell our audience if you want to see more of the mysterious magic of Nick Comas and to follow him wherever he is, which I hope you'll do. Go to Huckabee.tv. We have the links to everything that Nick Comas is up to these days, and it's obviously some pretty amazing magic. Right now, Keith is going to tell us magically what is about to appear on the show coming up. Right before your very eyes. From America's Got Talent and Romania's Got Talent, it's the spellbinding voice of Laura Breton right here on Huckabee. Chuckabee next week with Purple Heart recipient Richard Casper and magician Craig Cargus. Well, you have just seen some magic, but you're about to hear some more magic because my next guest just has the magic of a voice. No doubt about it. Laura Bertan began singing in church when she was just four years old. She's only 21 but her angelic operatic voice has already taken her from winning Romania's Got Talent to getting a standing ovation from Simon Cowell on America's Got Talent. He didn't clap for hardly anybody. <laughs> he did for her. You'll find out why tonight. Her latest album is called World I See. Would you please give a warm welcome to a young lady you're going to be hearing a lot about in the future, Laura Breton. Here she is. You know, in the rehearsals today, I was marveling. Your <laughs> voice is, I mean, just uh, beautiful. God I has it. given you a set of. 
pipes, as I told you, and you are using them in a very phenomenal way. Thank you. <laughs> you started singing you when you were just a little girl. Yes. Did you sing, I mean, in a way that people said, whoa, you got something there? Um, I was four years old when I first started to sing. I started with gospel. Um, and then when I was 11 is when the wow started to happen, I guess. <laughs> um, when I taught myself how to sing opera. So it was you weird. You taught yourself to sing opera? Yeah, it just happened. Like, I didn't even know that I was singing opera. I don't know. Really? Yeah, it was just weird. But this new album that you have, uh, that you're working on, um, I mean, I think the songs are beautiful because they're classic and timeless. And I don't care what age a person is, whether they're young, they're middle-aged, they're old, th the music just speaks. It's got punch and power. Did you kind of pick some of these songs out? Well, I mean, I found all the songs that I sing on YouTube. That's where I know them from. <laughs> <laughs> Good old YouTube coming through. Yeah, exactly. That's where I did all my studies and everything. So thank God for YouTube. Technology's great. <laughs> <laughs> you were born in Chicago, but many of your family members escaped communism out of Romania, like yes. your grandfather. Yes. My guess is they've told you stories and you have maybe a little better than average understanding of what it means to be a, a free American. Well, I mean, yeah, it's it's been, my grandfather would tell me about it and how tough it was. Um, he literally said that they would survive on little portions of bread mm. and like, Water was limited, everything was limited. Um, and it's just so amazing to be in a country that is so free. Um, literally, I wanna cry, God is so good. Well, God is you know so what? Good. I think you are exactly the kind of young and wonderful talent that America needs to hear more of. Not only do you have a, an amazing voice, but a great story. You're gonna be doing a concert September the 16th in Chicago, is yes. that right? That ought to be ter terrific. And part of the music you're going to sing with us tonight is going to be in that concert. Yes. <laughs> you know, normally, I might not be too keen on going to Chicago. It's kind of a crazy place these days. <laughs> I might go to Chicago to hear you do this concert. It's not so bad, I promise. Okay. The city right. is beautiful. All right. We'll take your word for it, okay? <laughs> we'll go to the place where you're going to be, and I'm sure we're going to be safe because nobody would want to mess that up. Uh, I just want to tell you how grateful we are to have you here. I really do believe that there is an extraordinary pathway for you ahead. Thank you so much. And when I'm grateful folks, to be here. <laughs> well, when these folks hear you, they're going to understand what we all mean by the fact that you just blew us away today in having you here. And after you hear her, I know that you're going to want to hear a whole lot more of Laura Breton. So, Keith, why don't you tell everybody how they can connect to her music? After the show, visit Huckabee.tv to connect with Laura and get her latest album, World I See. While you're there, you can also watch a digital exclusive performance of All That I Am. Now, performing in your arms with Trey Corley and the Music City Connection and Mike on bass, here's Laura Breton. the boy. 